Welcome, friends, to Soul Talk Podcast, a show where you explore and uncover our path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey to learn from their experience and in different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love. And today we are not only in, in Soul uh, Talk, we are also in Zoology. And what we're going to be having to, uh, today, it is a great interview with a person that actually helped me transform my life. Let me tell you a little bit about who she is. Oh Hong Jung is a spiritual guide, emotional alchemist, somatic healer, and medicine woman. She's also the host of Tao Po uh, podcast. She also guides women to embody their peace, power, and aliveness. Believe me, she do. The foundation of her teachings are based on the Taoism, energetics, and the practice of surrender the human experience and divine flow of nature. Her experience and, 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 uh, as an acupuncturist brings holistic approach to her work, where she integrates the physical, emotional, mental, and energetics realms. Her offerings range from group programs to in-person deep dives in the VIP immersions. Oppo Hong's work devoted to the uh, remembrance of who they were living in, in that place. And believe me, she have helped me tremendously in something that I was really stuck in the RIP resentment program that she have. Oh, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be here. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes. And finally, having this conversation, more personal conversation, not working on myself. This is about, I'm more about you. What it took you to get uh, to become, uh, I feel even your energy as a shaman when I was working with you and right now too. How as a shaman, you, you said? Shamanism. Mm. It, feels, it feels that kind of energy since I met you and to this day. But what it took you to be where you are now? Mm. Thank you for that reflection, actually. Other people have said that as well. Um, I would say, I mean, it's been a journey because I've been through the dark night of the soul as many healers have, right? And so many traumas as a child, depression, you know, attempted suicide when I was younger, uh, a lot of self-hatred and shame, the whole, the whole nine yards, really. And so that combined with being raised by a family, my, my dad, my mom, and my stepfather, who were very uh, grounded in service, and healing. My dad used to be a Jesuit priest before he met my mother, and he's my spiritual teacher. He teaches Taoism, so that's where I get my foundation from. My stepfather was a grandmaster of martial arts as well as a Chinese medicine doctor, and my mom was a badass, <laughs> just a badass. Um, so the combination of like my own pain and suffering and trauma combined with um, what my soul came here to do and choosing this family to raise me 
um, really brought together um, my work. And of course, I've had other teachers along the way. Um, but I always knew since I was a young person that I was going to do healing work. It was just an intuitive feeling. I first laid my hands on my mom when I was eight years old, not knowing what I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, it's my own healing, you know, the freedom that I received in the process has inspired me to continue to be of service and share to more people because I, I want to inspire people show them what's possible when we do the work when we are committed and devoted to ourselves and our liberation so yeah it, there's a lot more in the journey but yeah coming out through the dark tunnel for decades and now into the light really has been a big part of my process i've heard many times from the spiritual community that they're love and light and love and light you know and they just wanted to focus in love and light and fluffiness you know <laughs> they are so afraid to do that deep shadow that we all carry that's where we go dark night of the soul and then we try to ignore it again and then later on we go up again and it's, it just become a cycle and they're so afraid to see their own shadow why is this is happening to the spiritual community where we're supposed to be working with ourselves and healing that those traumas and they're so afraid of that shadow they just want to see love and light why that happens in our community? My feeling is that, I mean, it's so uncomfortable to feel. <laughs> it's so <laughs> uncomfortable to be a human being and to experience life, you know, that's just across the board. That doesn't mean there, you know, people are not just happy. I'm happy and joyful, but life is going to life. And so, um, to me, from my experience, if we don't allow ourselves to be with what is, then we are bypassing such an important part of ourselves. So I think that the people that you're referring to are really not wanting to feel and be in their bodies. And that's a lot of the work I do is helping people to be in their body. There's so much that's surrounding around like it's the disassociation you know I, I understand that because um, I was disassociated from my body for many years because of sexual trauma um, and so um, I understand I have so much compassion for why people bypass or avoid or numb in in whatever shape or form because you know even people who are not spiritually bypassing just people who are um, just regular people walking the streets will find ways to avoid right and so um, I have deep deep compassion for that because it is challenging to be a human being. Um, but the the nuggets that I found is by allowing ourselves to surrender into what is and from that place it naturally dissolves the pain naturally dissolves on its own we don't need to make it happen um, but a lot of people don't know that they can do that so 
Yeah, my dad was the one who taught me that. He taught me surrender. And surrender to me is the ultimate healer. One of the things that I experienced with you that the class that actually just had with you, it was because I did not want it. I was carrying so much resentment to my mother that I was so, so hard to let it go and observe because the program that we all have, all the mothers are saints are all wonderful and loving and they, they love their daughters and things like that. So it was very hard to see that shadow that it was eating me alive in a way. And when I went to your program that you have, um, reap resentment, Rest in peace, resentment. Rest in peace. <laughs> it was so, so transformative because I allowed myself to actually feel it and feel that pain. And it was so releasing. That's surrendering that you're talking precisely. And uh, and that's something that not everybody's willing to, to do. And they continue doing, uh, continue doing that. So how... Um, do, I wanted to ask you, you have so many people actually that take that class because it is painful and not everybody wants to see that shadow and admit I have a resentment to my mother. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, like I was actually surprised this was my first time offering the program. Um, I didn't know how many people would sign up, but um, I think that the amount that signed up is be is a reflection of what I felt initially is that there are a lot of people carrying so much anger and resentment and rage in their body from childhood. And, you know, the thing that inspires people to do the work is either, is usually desperation, right? It's like, it can be either inspiration or desperation, but usually it's desperation. And so, you know, you hit a certain place where you're just like, I don't know what else to do, you know, I'm stuck. And so, that's a beautiful thing. You know, we can use these moments as opportunities to really allow ourselves to surrender because you've tried everything else, right? <laughs> you try everything else. And I always like to joke saying people should come to me first, but they usually come to me last because they don't want to do the shadow work. Um, so I always find that humorous um, because it just illuminates, you know, human nature and how we don't want to be with the rawness and the realness of what's happening inside of us and there's so much like the sensations that are in our bodies there's you know ways that we don't even realize that we have sensations that are in our body you know a lot of times we're avoiding feeling those sensations because it's so uncomfortable you know before i started doing the work i didn't even know i had sensations in my body i didn't i couldn't feel anything so i understand the whole process of it and yeah, it was it was such a powerful class actually because I didn't know how it would turn out, but so many people, as you know, went so deep and were able to touch that spot. And it's because you were willing, you know, like you were willing to do the work, you were willing to surrender. Yes, I created the container and you know uh, holding the space, which creates the safety there. But you did the work, and it was so powerful for me to witness you and everybody else who went through that. Take me to the patterns. I did not even realize that I have certain patterns, auto-destructive patterns, that it was completely sabotaging my life. 
by it. And it was like, it was so deep ingrained inside of me that just to release him, letting go those patterns and observe, oh my God, I've been repeating this thing since I have you so memory. Since I was a little kid and it just became worse in teenagerhood as an adult, it's like, oh my God, I have four marriage. Why? Because I did not do the inner work since I was little. And going to, I'm not go, I'm not against healers, contrary. I actually I think they're so necessary in this timeline, but no one has a magic wand. No one can take that pain away with a magic wand. So we have to do the inner work. And I'm, I'm calling to those people precisely because it is so hard for them to see that inner pain. But in the way that, how do uh, they, you, you manage it? I imagine that it's a lot of the somatic uh, practices that you already have and the Taoism. How do you combine them in this, in, in your practice with people? Because you take them up to a really deep dive. Yeah, it's it's a combination of things. I would, you know, I created my own modality just for my own healing practice, you know, from me feeling into the sensations and letting that guide me. Um, but also, you know, the teaching of the Tao is so powerful because it really does uh, connect us to nature and not having to force anything. And that's a big part of the work is like, a lot of times um, people are just trying to figure things out up here. <laughs> Everything is mental or, you know, uh, trying to use the, the mind to solve the problem. The mind is more of a tool to bring our attention on to focus on something. And but really, it, it's in the body that I've noticed where we get to heal. Um, truly, I mean, of course, they work together. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about Taoism. You know, the masculine would be the mind, and the feminine would be the body, and we can allow them to work together in order to help the healing. But yeah, I guess like that, all all the modality just came from my intuition. Really, it's just me feeling my way through and allowing myself to explore what's happening inside of me. And I have to say, you know, feeling is such a powerful thing. It seems like simple, but it's it's a big deal to feel. And I have a client who was suicidal in January when she started working with me. Literally only a couple of mo months, Monica, of feeling she became non-suicidal anymore. And now seven months later, she is starting to feel a connection to her power. And she's like, how is this even possible? And it says, because you are feeling, like that's how powerful feeling is. I, I love giving that example because um, people don't realize that that is medicine. And the more we allow ourselves to feel the, the, the pain that's in us, we're also expanding our capacity for the goodness, right? So we're not just doing shadow work to be in darkness, no. you know, <laughs> we're doing it because it's expanding our capacity for all of it, to be present, to feel gratitude, to be in joy, you know, and have peace and also be in the grief 
and I have realized from my own process and guiding people that grief and love are so intertwined and you can feel those things at the same time and you can feel gratitude at the same time. So when you expand your capacity to feel, you can feel multiple like opposite ends of the spectrum at the same time. Did, have you ever experienced that, Monica? I did. I, I actually, I did. We always have blind spots and did not saw this one coming, but uh, I was sick with lupus, RA, fibromyalgia, and depression that to the point that I was already thinking how I was going to escape from this one. That, uh, and to do, to do that, when I had to heal myself, because I was just going more down and down. I was already with epilepsy and it was like, okay, what is next? And uh, I have to do that inner work. I heal a lot of stuff. I, I did a lot of the healing and the worthiness and so forth with myself. So I thought, okay, I heal myself. I haven't had seven years of any kind of flare-ups. And I want to say that I never get sad because I'm human, but not to the point that I went before. And I, even if I did all that work and I haven't, I haven't got sick any, anymore at all, it's not going to happen again. But I was still feeling okay. I feel still unworthy. And I have worked with myself. I know how to do the deep dives. I know how to do all that. And I could not get into the root. Until a friend of mine told me, a beautiful friend that I love so much, Shannon is a friend of, of ours. She mm -hmm. told me, you know what? You need to talk with Paul because you, you are carrying another one, another layer. And that's the layers that we cannot see. That's our blind spots. Correct? Yes. Yes. And that's the part that excites me is that going to the root, you know, like I'm also an acupuncturist, as you read in my bio. And so um, the foundation of acupuncture is that there's the root and then there's the branch, the branch are the symptoms and the root is the 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 stagnation the trauma whatever it is and so i've always been trained and just i'm also a scorpio so i i'm like a detective right so you too <laughs> of course and so you know i i love opening up a space so people can actually touch that spot because if we don't then we'll continue to be in that same pattern as you mentioned and so yeah i mean it was so beautiful witnessing you in that journey and really allowing yourself to go there and that to me shows so much power and willingness because you know it's painful and you went back so far so so far yes and there, and i still feel that there's Still layers, and that's so. That's a question that I receive very often from my clients. That it is okay. When is going to stop? <laughs> when, when, when are there going to be another layer underneath? And I, my my answer to them, I would like to hear your answer. But my answer to them, it is, I don't know. The the universe continue expanding. So when is going to stop? I don't know. What is your answer for that one? Yeah, I mean, I there's to me. There's always going to be layers, most likely, because I mean, I don't know. That's my feeling, because so far I'm 47. It, I keep on experiencing layers, you know, um, so 
I like to see it as an adventure. You know, I, that's my mindset of how I look at life is and healing is that it's an exploration. And so, yes, if there's another layer, instead of being like, oh, another layer, right? I'm like, oh, another layer, <laughs> you know? Um, so we can actually bring a certain level of play into our healing work and get turned on by it instead of it being like, oh, this is work, you know? And, and so that keeps me inspired to keep doing the work because it's not a chore. And, and another thing I, I wanna say in addition to that is that we don't need to search for the thing. So it will arise, you know, when we allow ourselves to surrender and really relax into life, those things are gonna bubble up on their own. We don't need to dig for them. We don't need to search for them. We're activated all the time in those moments of activations that's the opportunity the the portal to healing is in that moment right so we don't we don't actually need to dig for it we can just be with the activation in the moment and then be it will guide us into a deeper spot if we're open to it so we have opportunities all the time we don't need to look for it <laughs> if we observe everybody's Every the time telling me, how do I get rid of the ego? And can you remove the ego? Like open my thigh and remove the ego. <laughs> like, that's Well, the, the ego actually, if you observe it, is our best friend. That's what I tell them. Because that's where it, it shows you the triggers. Mm -hmm. That's where you need to, that's the map, the roadmap. Where do you need to work with yourself, right? Yes, yes. And I see the same thing because, you know, in Rest in Peace Resentment, my program, which, by the way, I was inspired to continue to create another one to start in September because it was such a success. Um, but like befriending the ego, befriending your anger, anger, befriending your rage, befriending your grief, right? Really allowing ourselves to create a relationship with them instead of being like, oh, I'm resistant, or that's bad. You know, when we make those parts inside of us wrong or shame it or judge it, we're doing that to ourselves. We are shaming ourselves. We are judging ourselves. We are not loving on ourselves. So I always love to work with the ego. It is absolutely something that illuminates what is happening inside, what stories are happening right now, what limiting beliefs, you know, are coming up. Yes, that is so true because I hear so many people is like, oh no, you have bad energy, I feel some energy that I need to stay away. And it's like, what are you really feeling? Am I being a reflection of your own self? Because how I present myself many times, it is I trigger people. <laughs> but I have to, if I to do my job, I have to trigger people or else they're not going to do their inner job. Correct. That's, I believe you are one of mine that you have to trigger people. To, <laughs> yeah, I mean, naturally, just like even the journeys that I took you guys in in the program, I'm I'm triggering you or activating you in a different way, right? There's and it's like it's eliciting that thing inside of you so that it can come up, you know. And that's a gift. 
And even if it's it's a gift, even from somebody that maybe you you're you don't like, that maybe like you see on social media, maybe you're jealous of somebody that you see or you're comparing or whatever. Like that is a gift. That's an opportunity. And our ego's like, oh, I don't like them, or I'm jealous. And it's like, oh, what is it that? What's really deeper there? You know, what are they reflecting to you? And most likely. You probably want something that they have is my guess. <laughs> I've had that experience. That's a personal experience I've had. And, you know, that's important for me to share because as a, a healer and all that, I mean, that doesn't mean that we're immune to anything. And I think that people sometimes make an assumption that healers are supposed to be perfect or I don't know, not human or um but that's not the case we are like anybody else i would say the thing is that i'm just more not maybe not more but yeah maybe more devoted to my practice than some people and that's the key like i'm devoted to the work yes because now we can we can we know when we're lying to ourselves we yes. know we're hiding things from ourselves and that make it tough because like oh my god can they have a Today, I can rest about me <laughs> with myself. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You just see it and you're like, oh, I have to out myself again. And you, yeah, you know, because you're there's such a level of consciousness that's there. And so, you know, there's only so far you can run from yourself when you are awake, you know. I know you do in the deep dive different uh in the the one that is uh personalized vip versus different kinds of coaching and healings and so forth mm -hmm. that's why i also called you a shaman because i i know what kind of work you do would you like to talk a little bit about that yeah so you know people always ask me like what happens in the deep dive or the vip and i always say I don't know <laughs> because all of my work is intuitive, right? Like even the creation of rest in peace resentment, I had an idea of what I was gonna do, but I had to just be in the moment and listen to my intuition. So it's the same thing is that I never say, this is exactly what's gonna happen, but I, I know the kind of work I do, which is I'm gonna listen to your body. I'm gonna listen to your energy. We're gonna talk and I'm gonna follow my intuition and literally the whole day or days are weaved and unfolding naturally and organically. Because if we, if I go into a container with a specific idea of things I'm gonna do scheduled, it literally kills my intuitive spidey senses. And it, it doesn't allow for the things to arise because that's the work is like i'm creating a space so things can actually come up so that we can address it because the subconscious you know we have to create a, a a safe environment for that to happen and you know i've since i was young people would like cry with me tell me their whole life story and so you know that's how also how i know that i was meant to do this work because people feel safe in my presence um and so i ground myself and i listen i'm listening deeply listening listening feeling listening and so anybody who's listening here who's a healer 
Like, that's why it's so important for us to learn how to feel even more in our body, because then we get to be better in our skills and our gifts. And we pick up more because we're doing our own work with feeling and healing our own stuff. But yeah, so a few examples is like, you know, uh, healing on a somatic level basically creates space in the body so that if you if you look at it like um, a faucet or a hose that has like old crusty stuff in it, we're basically healing the crust, the plaque, I call it, or the calcification of the trauma, the emotions that are stuck in the nervous system, in the cellular membranes, in the muscle memory, in every part of your body. So we, we clear that and alchemize it so that there's space now to actually receive goodness, abundance, whether it's financial, I also taught about money, um, uh, financial, intimacy, sexual connection, you know, whatever kind of goodness. If we have all that plaque filling up our body, then there's no space to receive. So a lot of the work I do is around that, but I also do work, as you know, around victim consciousness and that victim triangle of victim, rescuer, and perpetrator. And that's so powerful in conjunction with the somatic work because it is important for people to see their patterns. It is important for people to identify what roles or boxes that they have put themselves in, what, what they have identified with. So it is really a blend of um, different things that I, I mean, there's so many different things that I do. So any, at any moment I could take something out of the witch box, you know? <laughs> I do agree. I do agree that we have started, I, I feel like we all started uh, in this kind of process because we wanted to heal ourselves. And then after we heal ourselves, oh, I can help others. Because we tend to be, since the ones that are in, at least in this path, I believe the most of it, every time I talk with them is, I don't know why people come and tell me their problems, <laughs> but they do in the supermarket, whatever. And it happens to all of us. They come and tell us our problems and we can see what it is, the, uh, the initial problem. And that's where we have to, to do that work. And you say something very true about the, the book of the secret of the law of attraction or the movie or whatever they want to, the book or the, they're missing a big part of it. And that, that big part of it, it is, if you don't feel worthy, how you're going to receive whatever you wish for, correct? Yes, yes. I mean, I agree with the energetic piece, but yes, this, that, that, there's that piece that they are missing. So it's not holistic. And, you know, for me, we have to look at all the different areas, like I mentioned, the, the physical, because it's also important, right, the physical, are we taking care of our brain, are we sleeping, like the basics, are we really taking care of our body, and then the energetic piece, and then the emotional and the mental, like, we have to have a 30, 360 degree view in healing, it's never just one way. And so, yeah, the, the manifestation happens when we do the somatic work and also we use our mind to focus and we can use visualization, as you know, and things like that and feeling, as they call it, the future self. But it, it has to go in conjunction. If you don't 
heal and work on your trauma, like you said, in, in, in the worthiness area, then it's going to be like a, like a resistant, you know, it, it won't be able to come in. Or if you are able to receive it, you won't be able to hold it. That's the difference, right? So people can receive just like people who win lottery, they can receive millions of dollars, but then they could end up going bankrupt because they didn't expand their capacity to hold and have abundance and goodness. And so that's why we do this somatic work is to keep increasing our capacity to hold because that's really the scariest thing. I think, you know, even though people say, oh, shadow work, they're scared of that or it makes them nervous or something like that. I honestly believe people are more scared to have goodness in their life and actually be in abundance and be in joy. And so, you know, because that's more unknown where we know what we're comfortable with, right? We're, we're used to living a certain way. And so that unknown space of something even more out there in terms of our desire can be terrifying because we don't know what that is and the uncertainty of loss right like people will say oh i'm afraid the the shoe's gonna drop you know i'm gonna find my love and then something bad's gonna happen right or i'm gonna get a job that's amazing and then something bad you know so our mind will play these tricks with us so we need to do that work so that we can actually hold it that is so so true many of us we have it we reach for something energetically there it is and then suddenly just boom it just disappeared and it was like what happened what did it wrong well what you did wrong is was that worthiness mm -hmm. and I, my part i've been working for years with that worthiness until i find the root yeah it's deep and it's in I mean, I can't say it's everyone, but I'm gonna guess it's everyone. You know, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but um, every single person that I've met has had worthiness issues, and um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I think the being a human being and accepting our humanity is part of the beauty of being a human, right? And I think a lot of times we, you know, you talked about the spiritual bypassers, like. I want to be here on earth. Like I want, I don't, I don't necessarily want to transcend. I can hold both. I can, I can be on the earth and connect with the divine in the sky, right? That's the yin and the yang. It's like they work together. And so, yeah, I just, I find, I find this work so fascinating. There's so many different angles that we could talk about, but it really is about that balance between the yin and the yang from my perspective. And how do you work with the body? So uh, sensation is a big part of the work that I do with the body. And um, I gave this example, I think, in class where, you know, I was triggered by an ex-lover and I went home and then I was like having all these sensations. This is the first time I, I discovered that I could do healing work with sensations and I just dropped into my body to feel the sensations in my chest. And then all of a sudden the sensations went to my lower abdomen into my sacral area. And then, because my eyes were closed, it immediately brought me to an old memory of my first rape. Mm 
and I was entered into my 13 year old self's body, looking into the eyes of my perpetrator. And at that moment, I forgave him because I saw in his eyes how hurt he was in that saying of how hurt people hurt people. And it wasn't that I tried to forgive him in that moment. It just was a natural process. I didn't try to do any of these things. It was natural. It just it just flowed on like magic in a way. And I came out of that feeling so um, light and being able to release that experience and really, like I said, forgive him. And I saw how I was actually um, making the person, the lover in the current day, the perpetrator. And so that's how we can use these activations to go deeper. So that was like my first moment of seeing, oh, wow, this is, the body is powerful. There's so much here. And I had already been doing acupuncture, but I think what I didn't realize was that there's a lot of magic inside. You know, I see sensations kind of like fairies or time capsules or, you know, like they can, they can take you places. They hold memories and emotions and a lot of, um, power and healing. So that's my entry point is through sensations. Um, but also, you know, body movement too, but in terms of like the deeper healing, as you know, cause I guided you through that, through the sensation. Um, but yeah, I think it's an under, uh, utilized tool that people don't realize it's very mystical, honestly. Because at the same time, it is, it is many people are so afraid. I, even if I have already cried out, even if I already do the healing for years so I can heal myself, even if I did that, it was like, why? It's like, okay, I don't have nothing physical. I'm fine. I don't take medications. I'm doing great. You know, after being 15 years with all this sickness and just getting worse. But it's like, why can I not attract money? Why cannot I attract love? Why, why is these things... And he's like, oh, it's the worthiness. It is here. Okay, what do I do with it? <laughs> How do I heal that? So yeah. I'm so curious about what's going to happen for you as since now you touched this mother wound, the deep, this really root piece. I'm curious if when you start working with it even more, how that's going to shift those areas. Yes, me too. I'm curious. Like I finally, the thing, because things arrive, but they boom, disappear. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, now something is actually going to land and stay. It is actually, I'm going to have more clients. I'm going to help more people because at the end, we are all here because we have a purpose in life. And many of us, light workers, star seeds, healers, whatever you want to call us, we are here because we want to help. Our heart is in there. But at the same time, we are wounded. That's where it comes the wounded healer part. (laughs) And that's the part that it is so hard sometimes to ask help. Oh, that's so key. Yeah, I, I, I always ask for help. It's so important. If we don't ask for help, I mean, we can't heal alone. I do a lot of healing work on my own because naturally I am by myself and, you know, I'll be activated. And so then I get to have that opportunity to heal. But if I did not have community or healing communities or friends that I could lean on to ask for support, 
I honestly don't know what I would do. We, we, it's like a bomb, B-A-L-M. It's like a bomb. We need that in order to thrive. Like touch, you know, is so important. And this, you know, I, I consider my work heart medicine in a lot of ways. My name Pohong means big red. And so um, that's where I'm very connected to this medicine. And so part of what I feel when I think about heart medicine is connection right connection and being a healer doesn't mean that i'm here just to help and serve you i'm also here to receive it goes both ways the the yin and the yang again right giving and receiving and so yeah i i can't imagine what it would be like if what my healing path would have looked like if i did it by myself it would have been very very hard for me and it is so true. And, and you touch a, a point that I, I would like to talk about it. It is, look, the search for the soul family, like searching, like we know we don't belong here. Maybe we don't. As a light worker, I can say we don't belong here. We just came to do a job and and after we finished with a job with ourselves and whatever and healing ourselves, hopefully we can go back home. But in the time we're here, or it can be eons, <laughs> who knows? that we're here in this planet, that search for that soul family, it becomes harder and harder and harder. For many, I, I every time I, I hear light workers or star zero healers, finding that community that you're talking about, it is so difficult because- Why do you think so? What I have encountered in my, I'm, I'm gonna be 54. What I have encountered since I started going into this path and doing the change, Many more people have left. Mm -hmm. Many is, and they leave, and they leave, and they leave more people. And uh, and sometimes it's painful. You know, it's like, okay, I finally have someone to share all this. Hey, I'm working with this, or or I find this, or I saw a dragon, or, or you know, or, or things like that. And then suddenly, again, you change friends. And then it comes another one. It's like, oh, finally, I have sisters, and things like that. And then again, another change. and. This experience for me is not only being for me, it is to many people I talk with. Or just yes, you have beautiful soul family in New Zealand when you're in Texas, you know, or things like that, and they're far away. And that's what it becomes also at the same time harder because mm -hmm. it was like, yes, I have my coach, I have this coach for this and this coach for that. But I'm talking about soul family that I don't have to pay to, to help me. Well, I think, you know, I, I guess I feel a little bit differently um, because I, I have been able to find a soul family. And I understand what you're saying in terms of like, the more you heal, certain people will fall off that are no longer aligned with you, right? And that's, that's a good thing, just the natural energetics, there's not that match anymore. And when you do um, go, I guess, uh, it, uh, go forward in the healing process, then it could be that maybe the soul family gets smaller, perhaps. Um, but my experience, the more that I have done my healing work around, especially the victim consciousness work, then I have been able to attract it because I'm open to it. I realized I was avoidant to community before because I didn't feel worthy 
and I felt afraid of letting people in to that place. So I don't know, I've had a different experience. Um, I Because for me, it's so important and I wanna just keep allowing myself to receive in that way, you know? And so I think it's possible still. I think it's, um, I'm also curious about how your mother wound work will impact that because um, what I've noticed is the more that I heal on a somatic level around that those abandonment wounds that I've had, then the more I'm able to have those kind of soul family people hmm. in person in my city. Yes. Wow, you live in Miami. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it is. But you know, it, you could be in a big city still and still not and be alone, right? And I did that for many years um, because I was depressed and was afraid of connection and was afraid of vulnerability and intimacy. That's also part of the work I do is with intimacy. You know, it's because I was afraid of it. But then I got to a point of being able to allow people in, ask for help, right? Because I've always been this strong, independent woman. And so that was really terrifying for me to actually say, I need somebody, right? Not just I want, I need. I think that's the shift, honestly, like as we're talking about this, that's what allowed me to receive soul family is because I admitted to myself, I need them not that something just something I want because then I'm like oh in order for me to really feel deeply nourished in my life I don't want to lie to myself anymore and say oh I don't need them because that's what I used to do you know like oh I'm fine on my own I'm strong I'm independent I'm doing my thing but really underneath it my inner child was like no I need I need them so I I, I think that was a big shift for me was admitting that to myself because that's so vulnerable to say right mm -hmm. just like now where i'm at with a relationship a romantic relationship i just got to that point it, i need a partner Ooh, that's so uncomfortable to say right i'm like yeah. i before it would just be like oh i really want a partnership and da 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 da, da. but no, now I, I can, I'm at a place of openness and honesty at that level because the abandonment work that I've done for myself, I can actually say that. And it's not a bad thing. I can feel already there are going to be many changes in me because yes, I have those two. Saying I need, it is, it is a tough word to say I need, I need a partner, I need uh so family i need this and and just saying oh i need help it is it is hard to admit it so i can see that those are gonna i'm gonna sit down with those and and i'm gonna be doing that work that i yeah, that meeting that i need that. Mm -hmm. yeah because it's so important to honor our needs right and the more that we don't we're creating walls around mm -hmm. ourselves some kind of veils or you know blockage or resistance to letting it in and even like in a relationship my most recent one that i had was the first time that i actually was able to fully express 
things that I needed on a nuanced level. I could always say what I needed on a bigger level, but like the little things, it was so uncomfortable, but it also was so empowering because I was honoring myself and what I needed. And, you know, I, I saw that in the past relationships, I wouldn't do that because I was afraid of rejection or I was afraid to ask for the thing. Um, and I didn't want to stir the pot. And then what happens then is resentment builds because you didn't ask for what you need. You know, you didn't give, I didn't give them an opportunity to actually give me what I needed. And so it's like a kind of like a subtle, tricky way of sabotaging in a sense, right? Like, mm. oh, I'm gonna just like preemptively not allow this to happen or work. I totally agree with that. I, I teach a class about, it uh, uh, was about seeing the red flags and asking for what you need. You see those, don't start because later on it is your own fault because you did not say, you know what, I do want flowers. Why I used to say I do not want flowers. I do want flowers. I do want a romantic dinner. It doesn't have to be in the five-star restaurant. It can be outside in the porch. But I do want the whole thing. But before, because afraid of, of they're not going to accept me, they're going to reject me and all those kind of things. I did not ask. I did not ask. Like, yeah, I can't deal with not asking. For marriage later, I can tell you, no, I want the whole thing. <laughs> mm, oh, wow. <laughs> Number five is going to be the charm. <laughs> yeah, it's very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. And that's where our power is. I really believe that. Yes, because this is so true. Please, Paul, tell us a little bit about the program that you're going to have very soon, because I, I saw the emails and like, ah, she's having it again. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so rest in peace resentment. Um, I made it two months because the one that you were in was just three weeks. And I was like, wow, they went so deep in just three classes. Um, I didn't expect that. Um, and so I was like, oh, let me make it longer so I can add more parts to it, like what came up for the group, which was the throat and the the voice being stuck. So it's going to be more around also adding activation of the voice, um, talking about teaching around the rescuer and people pleaser, the codependency, because I notice people who have repressed anger and rage, it they have stuck energy here because they've been holding it in. And so this is blocked and there's tightness and they have a harder time using their voice. Like I said, asking for what they need, saying no or saying yes. Um, also going to go deeper into the desire that lives under the resentment because under every resentment is a desire, um, <laughs> which can be very uncomfortable, right? Um, which is usually some kind of connection, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, the, the anger alchemy modality that I created on the fly intuitively as I created the program really is based in yin energy because a lot of times that um, I would do anger before or as taught anger was just to like rage really loud scream and punch which was really powerful for me because it helped me to acknowledge and give me permission to be in my anger because a lot of women have repressed it because it's like 
they're taught that it's not okay to be angry and definitely don't want to express it right and so um so i would like let it out in a big way but what i realized that it wasn't taking me deeper and i wanted to take people deeper so the modality the anger uh, alchemy modality that i created is yin based which is all about surrender and softening and intuition and receptivity and it doesn't have to be big. It could be actually very quiet and still. Um, it doesn't have to look any way in order for it to alchemize. And so I felt like that was such a um, powerful thing that I learned um, by teaching the class because I thought I was gonna, when I entered into the class, I thought I was gonna have you guys do like a big old rage fest. Um, <laughs> but then I realized, oh no, what they need is to soften into it. And so I'm really excited about that because it makes it more approachable. It allows people to go deeper and to really go to the root, you know, of the cause. And that's really what I'm all about. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be two months and it starts September 10th. Um, and I have an early bird special. It ends Friday on the 25th. And yeah, I, I I was called to do this work. Like it just, like literally people were like talking to me about anger, telling me how the work with, working with me with anger was so powerful. Um, you know, it was just like literally everywhere in my field. And I said, oh, I guess I need to teach about anger. I never thought that was gonna be my path. <laughs> but you, you know, you know, the universe is so funny. You just never know. And the reason why is because I was so angry. I had so much rage, you know, as a as a teenager, and then I repressed it because I was it scared me. And then it would come out in relationships when I get triggered. So I I've always had rage in my body, and um, I want to give people and especially women permission to acknowledge, feel, and heal their anger because it causes depression, chronic illnesses, insomnia, you know, physical issues like fibroids, like literally it impacts us in such harmful ways. And um, yeah, there's just so much possible when we allow ourselves to, to go into this space of anger and actually heal it from the root. I totally agree with you and I am so excited. I hope I can go to the next, uh, to the next one because I, I still, everybody still, there's layers over layers and over layers. Even if you would say, okay, I did this one, you find, oh, I just saw a new layer that I have to work on it. Like we just talk about one, that I have to sit down with that one because it is so true. There's always layers and the process, I don't know where it's going to end, but every time it feels free, more free and more free. You know, I see your face today and, uh, you know, I don't know if, it's because of the class, but you have a glow that I see. Have you noticed that as well? Yes, and I feel like I have given myself permission to cry. And I, before it was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't don't express it. Go and take weeds out of the, the grass, you know, and whatever, you, to let it out. But do not give me permission to feel it because that will lower my vibration and this and that. It was a bunch of mumbo jumbo that I had in my head. Mm. Why I should not express it. And so it did a big shift in me. Yeah, I see it in your face. Like there is a, a new brightness in your eyes. 
Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And to everybody, I just wanted to remind you that we're going to have Soul Fest. We're going to have a, a soft soul fest this, this weekend on the 20th in Corpus Christi. And I'm going to be there uh, with Tom Medina and, and everybody else. And also in the Soul Fest, the big festival is going to be in December in Houston. That is going to be in December 8, 9, and 10. So we're, I'm going to be there too. So accompany us. It is going to be great. I can, I'm so excited. I've been following them for a long time. And I can see how it's been becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, this is going to be a great, amazing for everybody. So don't miss it. And the 20 from 4 to 8 is going to be in Corpus Christi this next Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for being here. And I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for helping me so much. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the viewers for being here. I really appreciate you. And hopefully I see you this Sunday in Corpus Christi. <laughs>